0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. I think this is lesson number four, the Holy Spirit. Our first opening text will be 2 Thessalonians, chapter two, beginning at the verse chapter one rather at verse eleven and twelve. Wherefore also we pray always for you, that our God would count you worthy of this calling, and fulfill all the good pleasure of His will. Notice this, and the work of faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you. And ye in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice the work of God is a work of faith with power. These two components, faith with power. Faith alone won't get the job done if there's no power. Power can be present, but it won't get the job done unless there's faith to tap into it. And so he's saying it's a work of faith with power. We have to believe, thus saith the Lord, and tap into the power that will make it happen. Is when God spoke in the very beginning, the Spirit of God was, awa- was waiting, hovering over the face of the deep. And what did he do? He waited till the word was spoken. When the word was spoken, the Spirit of God moved, and many great things took place. If you recall the story of the woman with the issue of blood, Remember her? Twelve years, issue of blood, nothing better, but rather grew worse after she sought many physicians as to what she should do. She submitted herself to all their remedies, but to no avail. But then she heard of Jesus, and how does faith come? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And so what she heard produced faith in her heart. But as long as she was sitting there in her little cottage... She wasn't getting any better, but what she heard produced faith that prompted her to go to the power source. She got herself up, got herself out, and began a journey traveling through the road that would take her to where the power source and supply was. And of course, it wasn't an easy trip for her along the way. Many challenges, I'm sure, in particular, when she got near the crowd that was thronging Jesus and knowing her condition and knowing that she had a crowd unclean, unclean, she ignored all the religious hype, got on her knees, probably crawled between the legs of the people and finally knocked a stink bug in the head. (laughs) Why are they still here? Finally got to the hem of his garment. And along the way she kept saying, and what does faith do? Jesus said, if you had faith, you would say. If you had faith, you would say to the mountain, remove. If you had faith, you would say to the sycamine tree, be uprooted and planted to the sea. Every time he taught about faith, he talked about saying. Believe and say what the word says. And nothing will be impossible to you. The mountain will be removed as well, he said. So she kept saying along the way. If I may but touch his garment. She took all the responsibility, placed it on her own shoulders and said, If I, it's up to me to get to where the power supply is. It's up to me to do my part to touch the hem of his garment so the power can flow. She finally touched the hem of his garment and an explosion took place. Oh, I mean an explosion of power. So powerful that Jesus stopped where he was and said, Who touched me? And of course, his disciples, what do you mean who touched you? People are thronging you on every angle, every side. Oh, no, no. No, no. Someone made a demand upon my ability, my power, my dunamis, my miracle-working power. Someone made a demand upon that power. And then, of course, he looked around, and she fell down and told him all the truth. Can you imagine how long that took? Twelve years of history. Can you see about the third year into it, Jesus said, let's go. Jairus' daughter's dying. Up oh, Too late, she's gone. But I'll go raise her up from the dead. And so she told all the truth. She told everything that had happened. But my point is this, you've got these two components. You've got power here, you've got faith there. She's got faith, but she's got to get to the power supply. She's got to get to the power source, okay? So she does her part to get to where the power is, and when the two come together, an explosion takes place. And she's healed immediately of the condition that was in her body. Can you see that? Amen. Well, give you a natural illustration. This young boy, just like young boys are, I guess, was told to stay away from this garage that had some supplies in it. But he saw that it was, the door was cracked open a little bit, and of course he jimmed chim- his way into it. He got into the garage. And when he got into the garage, I guess he accidentally hit a package that was on top of a table that fell into some liquid that was below it. When the two came together, An explosion took place and blew blew him across the room. He survived it, but he learned a valuable lesson. You've got these two components. One's down here. It's a liquid in some kind of can or whatever. Some package of something over here. And as long as they're separate from each other, there's not a problem at all. There's no explosion. There's no danger to his life. But... If they ever come together, look out. Look out. You got a match in your hand. No danger to it at all. Unless you do something. All of a sudden, what happens? Something ignites. It's the same way. Separately, those two components are harmless. You put them together, you've got an explosion taking place. Same in the faith realm, the spiritual realm. You've got this power, you've got faith, you put them together, look out, an explosion will take place of salvation, healing, deliverance, miracles, signs, wonders, God moving in great power and might, manifesting his glory. Look in the book of Acts chapter 10 and we see here the power supply Jesus provided. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now, here he has this anointing upon him, this glory upon him, this power upon him. It's a healing anointing. And wherever he goes, people have the opportunity to do what? Receive from that power whatever their need might be. He was physically here on the earth among the people, and all they had to do is get to him. But when they got to him, it was more than just touching him physically. They had to touch him with faith. So as you look in Luke's gospel, chapter 5, here's what we discover. And it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought into bed a man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in, because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling which, with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, man thy sins are forgiven thee what did they bring to him faith we won't read the rest of it you know the story he goes on it goes on and of course the pharisees are upset because he said your sins are forgiven who can forgive sins except God alone he said but that you might know that the son of man has power on earth to forgive sin he said to, to the sick of the palsy rise up and so on and you know the story he was healed So, the point is, the power supply was there. The power source was there. The glory was there. The healing anointing was there. And once again, there's the multitude that's there, but are they just curiosity seekers? Are they skeptics? Who are they? Just observers? But I tell you what, when he saw people that came with faith, it moved him. How did he see their faith? Who else would do something like that? You could have a bold faith to take your friend, your loved one, your relative up on, a mount, on the top of the roof and let them down through the ceiling tile. And that's exactly what they did. And it says he saw their faith. And of all the people, the multitude that were there, there's only one person mentioned that got healed. And who was it who got healed? The one who came with faith. So what did his faith do? Tapped into the power. And what did he get this time? A twofold work. Forgiveness of sin, healing for his body. Oh, how important this is. He is the Holy Spirit who wants to dwell in holy vessels that honor God, live for God, serve God, stand pure before God. And he will manifest himself in powerful ways. But my point once again is the power supply can always be there. The power is here, present to save, to heal, to deliver, to set free, to make whole. But we must tap into it or release it, we could say, by faith and if we'll do that praise god then we'll receive all that he has provided for us look in acts chapter 5. the holy ghost plays a big role in bringing wholeness to human lives jesus did his work it's called the finished work of christ on calvary all that he did in his death burial resurrection ascension seating at the right hand of the majesty on high that's called his finished work He did his work, he finished his work, and now he sent the Holy Spirit to come to the earth to continue or to make real his work in the lives of people. A person can't get saved without being drawn by the Spirit. It is a Spirit who comes, convicts us of sin, of righteousness, of judgment, of sin because they believe not on me, he said. Of righteousness because why? I've gone to the Father and the work's been done of judgment. Why? Because the prince of this world has been judged. In other words, the stage has been set for all people for all time. The stage has been set. All a person has to do is listen to the wooing or the convicting power of the Holy Spirit and then have faith and believe that the only way of salvation is through the cross of Jesus Christ and make him savior and Lord and there will be an unleashing or release of the power of God to save a sin sick soul and bring wholeness to a human life. In in spirit, soul, and in body. So, as we hear the word of God, it produces faith. In the book of Acts, chapter 5, verse 14. If you recall the story, they were threatened because they got the man healed at the temple gate called Beautiful. And if you recall, they were taken into question because they did. And then they were persecuted by the people and threatened. Don't you dare preach or teach anymore in this name. And of course, they went to their own company. reported all that the chief priests and elders said to them said to them, and they finished their prayer by saying, Lord, now behold their threatenings. Grant to your servants that with all boldness they may preach thy word by stretching forth your hand to heal, that signs and wonders would be wrought by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost power and spake the word of God, faith, with boldness. These two components working together to create an explosion for God that will save the lost, heal the sick, set the captives free, and do a mighty work among the people. Okay. Believers were more added to the church, multitudes both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks. And them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. Do you see the components here? The power is there. The glory is there. But what about faith? Well, didn't the one that was born of four bring faith? Didn't he and all the others bring faith? Didn't Jesus see their faith by the fact that they brought him and they led him down to the ceiling tile? right? These people brought their loved ones from every direction round about. On beds, on cots, and so on and so forth. And brought them right there to Jesus. That's their faith that they brought. Right there to Peter, rather. And they brought them to him. And the two came together once again. The anointing, the glory, the power of God that was upon them. After they prayed and said, Grant unto us with all boldness we may preach thy word by stretching forth your hand to heal. That signs and wonders might be wrought. You talk about some signs and wonders. When you can bring that amount of sick people from every direction round about, and all it is, the glory of God that is right there, the two come together, And there's an explosion that takes place. Can you imagine the joy that was there among the people? Can you imagine the excitement among the people? Can you imagine them going back, telling their friends, their family members what took place? Because they knew their condition beforehand. Now all of a sudden, they all become flaming evangelists, proclaiming that Jesus is Lord of all. Look, you know who I am. I was blind, but now I see. I was literally deaf, but now I hear. I was lame, but now I walk. Remember? Remember me? I was dumb. I couldn't speak, but now you hear my words. And on and on and on. Imagine all the situations. Could be that some were maimed and made whole. We don't know. We don't have all the evidence of that. But can you imagine all that took place? And then what a mighty revival that took place as they went back to their own hometowns and told people what what was done for them. It was the power that was present and it was the faith of the people coming together to create this explosion for God that ministered so much to the people. Brother John G. Lake is, uh, of course, he's in heaven right now. But if you know his story, he's just basically an apostle uh, that was sent to South Africa, established 500 churches as he sojourned there in South Africa. Uh, Had a tremendous healing ministry, healing rooms ministry. He began over in Spokane, Washington. And there, during the time of his ministry there and the workers working together, They had like 250,000 healings take place in a short period of time. And they called it the healthiest city in America as a result of the ministry. When he was in South Africa, it's also true that the miracles that took place there were absolutely phenomenal. Got to be so much that he had to set up a pole that he had and put a cloth around it and anointed it so that the people would not go to him all the time, but just go there in faith, believing when they touched the cloth, just like The prayer cloths that we hand out, that the anointing or the glory of God would, of course, come together with faith and they would all get healed and delivered. Well, he had many, many miracles take place, but his commitment to the Lord is outstanding. You can see his commitment and his walk with God. He made a covenant with God. In one of his books, you'd go to the back of it and you could see it outlined exactly what his commitment was. So, his consecration before the Lord was really deep, okay? And God used him in a powerful, powerful way. On one occasion, he was called in, and a man was suffering immensely. He had five growths, like layers, on top of his belly, one after another. Their part was to call, to use faith to believe that God could do something about these. The doctors didn't know what to do. Medical science did not know what to do. They had no idea what was going to take place in this guy's life. But obviously, it was sapping the life out of him. And so Lake goes into the room where he was and lays his hand right on the flesh, the five layers of flesh that was, were overlapping each other. And he prays in the name of Jesus. He was in a hurry. He had places to go and things to do in ministry. So he took off and didn't find this out until later. But he found out that the man was healed. He said, but the way he was healed, they said to him, was absolutely outstanding. They said, your handprint was seen on his stomach, on the outer layer, and it just began to burn away those five layers of growth until they were all gone. He was completely whole. And he, being a, someone that was in the medical field, had a lot of understanding about different things was one who was always doing experiments to find out just how the power of God operates. And he talked often about you can transmit the power of God into somebody else, which is why Jesus taught the laying on of hands. And it's not just laying on an empty hand, but it's a hand that's been touched by God, activated by the spirit within, so that the anointing within, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit that they which believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. In other words, out of your belly. So there's the river of living water on the inside. Rivers that God wants to manifest through us through the laying on of hands to touch people and affect their hearts, their lives, their minds, their bodies to bring wholeness and deliverance and so on and so forth. His history is amazing. If you go back and study his life history and find out just how he basically got started in ministry is amazing back in the day when he was uh, starting out well actually back in the day before he started out he was in insurance and way back when he was making $50,000 a year in the insurance industry way back when that's when $50,000 was a lot of money really he did well he gave it all up for the service of the lord he watched eight siblings die four boys and four girls he saw them die He got to the point where he got so angry because his another sister was just about dead. He got a call on the phone and his mother said, you better come if you want to see your sister ever again, alive, ever again. He got over to where she was. It was too late. She was already gone. He said, I went over to her. I checked her vitals. I put a mirror to see if she was breathing under her nose and mouth and everything and she was sure gone. Once again, he finds himself in a situation where, what do we do here? This can't be happening. There's a tenacity that rises up on the inside of someone who really has communion with God, who walks with God, has the heart of God and the mind of God, knows the will of God. He said, this is not the will of God in earth as it is in heaven. There's none of this in heaven. She was a young woman. She had a a baby out there in the next room that needed her attention. And so he stood there and said, I just knew if I can get somebody who believed like I do. Not too many people believed back then the way he did. He believed there was power that was greater than death. Power greater than the ugliest sickness you've ever seen in a person's body. And what did he do? He got on the phone. Was it a phone or telegraph? One of the others. It was way back when. And he got a hold. It was a phone. He got a hold of John Alexand- Alexander Dowie. If you recall that name way back in history. The Healing movement and that sort of thing. And he got a hold of him and said he needed a response right away. And so he calls him back. Dowie calls him back. And Lake says to him. My My sister's dead. But I'm not letting go of her spirit. And I know that if you join together with me. God will raise her up. So pray with me. And Dowie just began. Right at that moment. And he began to lift up his voice to God in prayer. And together they united as one. Joining faith and power together once again. On the behalf of his sister. And this is what catapulted him. Into a tremendous ministry of healing. Because as they prayed. He looked over and he said, I thought I saw her eyes flutter. He looked at his brother-in-law, her husband, at the foot of the bed, crying, who thought, I saw the same thing. And before you know it, they saw her. Her eyes opened up. She was raised up from the dead and made whole, healed of her disease. As a result of these two coming together with faith and power to activate the ministry of the Spirit of God to raise up a young lady from the dead. A tremendous work of God. And if you study his life and ministry, once again, you'll just see his commitment and desire for God's will to be done on earth was unparalleled. He was totally consecrated and set apart to God to do his will. Now, in Romans 8.11, and this is some of what his teaching was all about, we have what is called transmutation. Transmutation. Look at Romans eight eleven. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in your neighbor. Dwells where? In you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Does the spirit of God, who raised up Jesus from the dead, dwell in us. Does he? And we're talking about now being filled with the Holy Ghost. It's not just being saved. We're talking about filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of other tongues, as the Spirit of God gives utterance. You've got the fullness of the Spirit, like on the day of Pentecost. If he dwells in you, then he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken or make alive and full of life and health your mortal body, how? By his spirit that dwells within you. Transmutation actually means changing something from one state to another state. I'm not talking about Ohio to Pennsylvania. I'm talking about something other than that. Something, for example, like food. Do you ever stop and think how a burger can sustain you? That's a lower form of life, sustaining a higher form of life. But something happens, we are told, scientifically, when you eat food and you digest it in your body, it eventually gets into your bloodstream. And then by the process of transmutation, what happens is, there is life energy released from the food into your body that sustains you a higher form of life from a lower form of life. So eat your broccoli you get you get that that's what happens in transmutation well if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you he'll quicken your mortal body if a lower form of life can sustain a higher form of life how much more can a higher form of life sustain a lower form of life your body is a lower form of life the spirit is a higher form of life and if we want to see evidence of his work Go watch the passion of the Christ and see how emaciated the body of our Lord was. And think about when Jesus was raised up from the dead, how the Holy Ghost took that body and glorified it and made it whole. Think about that. The higher form of life took the lower form of life, praise God, and glorified it. Well, what about this? This is a work of faith with power where is the holy ghost in us in every single one of us right so where is the power supply you shall receive power after that the holy ghost has come upon you has he come upon you so we have a power supply here but then we've got to have faith in the power supply faith in the finished work of christ faith to declare and decree Yeah, I know that looks tough, but you know what? The Holy Ghost, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives on the inside of me. He's not just taking a break, helping us get through life. He is in there, in me, the power supply. And I declare, I say, he is quickening my mortal body. And what we are to believe, just like food sustains a higher form of life through transmutation... Well, praise God, when you and I accept Christ into our hearts by faith and make him our Savior and Lord, you realize that process takes place within when you're born again, recreated by the Spirit of Almighty God, become a new creation in Christ Jesus. It takes that life and makes it a new life. And you receive the impartation of the divine nature, the life of God, the Zoe life on the inside of us that we never had until when? When the Holy Ghost came in and did a work in our spirit and recreated it. And then when he comes in in full power, praise God, on the inside of us, he makes himself available to do so much more than what we can ask or think. Matter of fact, look at Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. It's up to us to bring into interaction faith with power. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. How? According to the power that worketh in us, the power that is efficiently operative, that is energized in each and every one of us. We all have a power supply on the inside of us. We've got to believe in it, and we've got to activate it by faith, and declare it to be true. Matter of fact, there was a lady that uh, was not recovering. Chuck's mom, as a matter of fact. And she wasn't recovering, and called for us to go pray, and I went over there to pray. And she, because of her upbringing, was used to always getting healed. But, like everybody else, she liked to get it instantly. And as I began to kneel down by her side or walk, whatever, stand by her side, I said, "The Holy Ghost just said to me, according to Romans eight eleven, when we pray this prayer, the power of God will be released, and you'll begin to amend from this moment. It won't be instant." but you'll begin to amend from this moment. And sure enough, we prayed. And from that moment on, where she couldn't wasn't getting better before, she began to get better and, and amended from that moment, from that hour, and she proceeded to get well. That scripture became her life scripture. She embraced it till she moved to heaven. She would declare it the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me. And he is quickening my mortal body. Praise God right now. You see, there's a work of faith with power. We've got to believe in it. And too often what we do is we fall victim to the report of man that says, you've got this, you've got that, you've got the other thing. And we minimize what the scripture said in Romans 8:11. We maximize when man says, well, that can't, you can't help you with that, that you're never going to get over that, and so on and so forth. We maximize what man says and we minimize what God says. But you know what thus saith the Lord? Maximize what the Lord declared to be true. Maximize what the Spirit can do in a heart that is full of faith in believing. And allow the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead to do a work on our mortal bodies as well. By quickening them and giving them life and health and wholeness and well-being and soundness of mind. Proclaim it. Declare it. Lake would say this, number one, you've got to be a student in the Word and you've got to stay in the Word and feed on the Word all the time if you want to maintain a healthy life. Number two, you've got to declare what the Word says, proclaim it, confess it boldly, not aimlessly, but with an understanding heart. The Spirit of God is dwelling in me who raised Jesus from the dead. He's quickening my mortal body and giving me life and health. I believe it. I proclaim it, I declare it. By the stripes of Jesus, I know I've been made whole. Yes, there's a fight to faith. It doesn't mean it's going to be instantaneous. The Bible says we need to stand in faith and receive by faith what's been provided for us. And so it takes a fight of faith. We got to be good soldiers of the cross. And that's exactly what he wants us to do. Declare it. And then number three, he said, you have got to be in communion with God. There has to be a daily active communing with god like adam and the of the day so we can get direction from him understanding from him to know what he would have us to do and so on and so that scripture is so powerful that he is able to do for us exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think how according to the dunamis miracle working power of god That is activated. How is it going to be activated? By faith. The two components coming together. Let's not minimize who's on the inside of us. Let's maximize who's on the inside of us. Let's declare who's on the inside of us. Let's recognize his power. His virtue. His ability. And the impartation of every gift that he's placed within us. Enabling us to rise up. And by faith, you know what? Let's activate all that is necessary for him to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Well, it's up to us to make a decision. Are we going to acknowledge it? Are we going to activate it? Or just sit back and not even acknowledge it? You know, the Bible says they acknowledge every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. I realize that people have taken confession to the nth degree. I know that they have abused it and so on and so forth. But you know what? Just because something is abused by others doesn't it mean it's not genuine or true. You confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven, Jesus said. You want to get saved, believe in your heart and say with your mouth, confess Jesus as Lord and you'll be saved. Right? He's a high priest of our what? Confession. Or saying the same thing. He's watching over what we say. Death and life are in the power of the what? The tongue. Speak to your mountain and it will remove, is what he said. So we don't abuse what he said. We properly use what he said with an accurate understanding of how things work in the spiritual realm. Remember, Daniel was told, I have come for your words. The word you spoke dispatched me from heaven. And here I am to aid you, to assist you, to speak to you and give you. But thus saith the Lord. So. It's up to us to recognize that the Spirit of God wants to be involved in bringing help, healing, deliverance into people's lives, but we've got to cooperate with Him. And I believe if we cooperate with Him, whether it's spiritual gifts and their manifestations, healing, deliverances, or whatever, by faith, we can activate His power to do a continued mighty work right here in our midst. Do we believe that? Let's all stand together before the Lord.